Marchant. Um, we've found ourselves a, a nice quiet little spot because uh, it gets quite noisy at l- lunchtime, doesn't it, Pad? Uh, people, people going in and out on a Friday afternoon. So this is where we quite often film uh, or record the podcast. Um, hopefully the sound quality will be all right. But normally, of course, one o'clock on a Friday, there is Norwich City press conference. But with the game being on a Sunday this week, um, the uh, schedule for the team has been a bit different. Basically, a day off for the team today. They, um, not totally. Some of them, of course, will have, um, of course, will have treatments and things like that. They'll be in with the physio and bits and pieces. Um, so uh, we thought we'd uh, do a Facebook live a little bit earlier than we normally would on a Friday. Um, of course, Paddy Davitt uh, alongside me, Dave Freezer, and I thought we should probably have a quick uh, look back at the Reading game to start with. Um, why not? 2-2. Um, it was a bit mad, wasn't it? Might finish. Yeah, no two ways about it. Um, yeah, it would take a little bit of time to process, but um, I think time has passed now. Obviously, you and Michael were down there at Colney and spoke to Daniel yesterday and it sounded like he would he had, the closure had, had come overnight, but uh, certainly on the night, yeah. Um, you know, anybody who was there or anybody who has subsequently seen the highlights to for 86 minutes look like it's going to be one of them frustrating nights then to score as they did in, in such fashion and the scenes the celebrations around Farker in the dugout they would have gone down for me uh, alongside probably Derby the season they went up under Lambert Simeon Jackson they were that yeah, epic it was. and uh, unfortunately rolled on as I said to Daniel straight after the formal press conference had finished that uh, they were actually penalised by the six minutes of added on time when of course when Reading were rightly time wasting the keeper got booked in the you, you wanted as much extra time added on but it almost uh, given it took 97 minutes before Reading equalised that it's a shame that when Norwich got 2-1 in front of them put about two minutes up on the board that would have been uh, a suitable punishment for Reading I think but uh, as it was you have to play to whenever the whistle blows and um yeah, what I would say though, I mean, I've seen it back now on the TV that that was a very, very tidy finish from Renan Malta. It was, yeah, he took uh, it well. He did because there was a very small gap as Tom Tribal came across. If you look at it from behind the goal, so yeah, you do have to appreciate that. Given it was effectively the last kick of the game, that was a very, very cool finish from that young man. But yeah, I mean, the reality is now looking at a distance, six and seven points to, to Leeds and Sheffield respectively, with five to go. That's a very, very healthy situation. It's just if they could have hung on, added another two to that equation, then really you could start to think, and I think Daniel said to you guys yesterday, didn't he, that it, that would have almost been a champagne moment yeah. if they'd have managed to make it nine wins on the spin. But, you know, I, me personally, actually, without wanting to sound wise after the event, I, I did feel all sort of through Wednesday afternoon that that could be a very slippery affair um, and the type of game you get on these run-ins. And that's why it's kind of stands out because up to this point they've been unbelievably consistent you know eight wins on the spin <laughs> at this stage with this much pressure is was a was a phenomenal achievement so I you know I, albeit you wouldn't want it to end in quite such a dramatic way it didn't surprise me that one of these games on this running now was that type of very very difficult anything we do doesn't seem to quite come off we might have to accept it's not our night yeah you couldn't they weren't just going to coast there with 14 wins on the spin were they um, no that was that was very unlikely to happen apologise if I was a little bit distracted right at the start we, the, I think we might have lost connection briefly as we were starting so um, just 
to repeat. Um, there's no Norwich press conference today, so we thought we'd um, do the Facebook Live now. And uh, please do get your questions and comments in. There's a, a few drop in already. But yeah, just, just finally on, on the Reading game, it, what, it, it almost felt like a defeat in the end, didn't yeah. it? Because the atmosphere, it just went from a, a you know, worrying atmosphere to such a high to then a low. I mean, listening to um, uh, Radio Norfolk's commentary again uh, of the goals, you can hear the groan in the in the ground. Everyone just like, oh no! Yeah. It, you know, they literally had one foot in the Premier League at that point, didn't they? And we all know, uh, fingers crossed, they're so good away from home. They get back on track on Sunday at Wigan, and we won't forget about it. But in that moment in time, it just felt like you said, like the Simeon Jackson moment against Derby had been snatched away. Yeah. We, we were talk talked about that Reading game for years and years about Christoph Zimmerman's captain's header that basically fired Norwich to promotion that was all just snatched away and it was it was cruel but Daniel did put on a good face yesterday I, I, I felt like by the time we got through the press conference his his shoulders had dropped a little bit and he'd really talked it all through and, and, and obviously he had behind the scenes with the players and and his coaching staff and it felt like when you were at Colney that they well certainly from Daniel that they they can't wait to get back out on the pitch yeah well why wouldn't they and, and, and of course we'll get into it in a bit more detail but the volume of support, you know, 5,300 fans making that yeah. trek on a Sunday morning, uh, middle of the night for some, no doubt. Um, how could that not inspire them when they run out? And then you weave around it the actual context of what they're trying to achieve and how close they are to it. Yeah, I I could believe, I could literally from the final whistle mid midweek that they would be desperate for this game to come around. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I've got a few comments flying in already. So, Reese Griffin asks Campwell to start on Sunday. Um, asked Daniel about how he thought Todd had played um, and he was pretty happy with him thought he was pretty creative with the sort of caveat that um, it's difficult to come in from the cold and try and he was never going to hit the standards of Emmy Wendy oh. straight away was he um, that, or, or that would have been a, a big ask but he was pretty happy so I, I almost got the feeling that Todd may well get the nod again well, be, well I wouldn't expect anything less because that's kind of consistent with Farkin and his selection policy yeah. for me the other night it was simply a case I felt of that game was running away from him everything they seemed to be doing wasn't having the desired effect so he had to change it and he did he brought Rhodes on and he went to a three at the back and unfortunately in that repositioning of, of the whole approach Todd was you know the guy who had to make way I don't think it was a reflection per se on uh, the fact that he had I mean he came very close in the first half of that sort of half volley oh, just cleared the bar um, yeah I don't think he was any better or any worse than any of the other creative players I think it was just it facilitated Rhodes getting onto the pitch and, and throwing it forward as, as to, for Sunday's selections yeah I think it's same again because mm. um, again that's entirely in keeping with how Farker sets it and has set up his teams in recent weeks I actually thought he played better than Hernandez um, and it was more a a formation thing wasn't it that he, he wanted to get because they were playing five at the yeah. back that Daniel wanted to get two up front maybe that was a little bit of a failing in, in the way they set up Daniel wanted to stick to that formation which has been so successful they just couldn't quite unpick it and Stephenman had a funny old game as well yeah. didn't he of course was he did um, sort of involved in both of their goals in a bad way but then he set up Godfrey for the other one he so did, yeah. yeah an interesting one for Todd but he needs to take his chance really obviously I can't I can't see him getting too many and of course Emmy will be back at well, Stoke, I mean, the reality is, yeah, I mean, subject to no, no injuries between now and then, Buendia will be playing at Stoke. Yeah, that's, that's the way it is. Flowing onto that perfectly, Ben Trafford, are we concerned about the stat of not winning without Emmy? 
Um, this is something Michael's noticed, isn't it? That they they haven't won they haven't won a game without Wendy in the team so yeah. far this season. Well, league twenty five league, league wins, yeah. and he's played in every single one of them. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean it is what it is. But uh, why would you be concerned about it? It's just another quirk that they need to eradicate. Reality is that stat is there because Buendia when he was fit and available starts most games so you know you could say maybe the same to lesser degree uh, to Puki to whoever you know Jamal Lewis has played 37 league games so the majority of Norwich's league wins he, he's been involved in as well so no I, it's, it fits the narrative of how important Emi Buendia is but as Daniel said to us prior to Reading nobody is irreplaceable in this squad um, but that said you know it's a little bit like being on the right side of the derby sort of scenario at the minute, isn't it, in terms of unbeaten games in that fixture? But no, nah, why would you be worried about it? It's uh, there's nothing you can do about it now. He's unavailable for two games, yeah, so it's up to others to step up. But uh, let's be honest, 75% possession midweek and 20 odd shots on goal, they had more than enough chances, even though it was a frustrating night to have won that game. So it's not that without Buenia they weren't as creative. I mean. It, Maybe it was it didn't feel quite as seamless, but that's a lot of that was down to Reading. You know, you come and you sling five across your back line, and then four in front of them. It's a very difficult scenario to break down. And there are very few players in the Championship who are in Wendy's class. You're, you're probably talking Grealish at Villa, Hernandez at Leeds, who are sort of capable of that kind of creative force. I mean, what Todd didn't quite manage was to sort of find those pockets of space around the edge of the box, did he? But what Daniel. Similarly to that Wendy stat, he he was armed with with a stat in that Campwell is one of the highest performing players in terms of points to starts. So, but that's going to be the same for Wendy and Aaron's, isn't it? Because the team changed after um, that bad start of the season, after that three nil lead yeah. defeat. Of, of course, we then it was the Cardiff Cup game that was so influential, and that Ipswich away game is when we first started to see the team come together didn't yeah. we with Steepman in the attacking midfield role so um, Dan Mayhew says on the Reading game even though it's disappointing we drew uh, what I would say is in previous years we would have lost the game um, Aidy Sedgwick hi guys hi Aidy hope all is well um, do you think there will be any changes on Sunday in my opinion Campbell is not strong enough in midfield I think Leidner or Vrancic maybe come in Sunday what do you guys think I mean I think we've probably pretty yeah. much answered that but again Mo Leitner's body language on the sidelines I know we're all very much firmly on on the promotion sort of push here and everyone what did you see though uni- unity and team spirit and all these words but Mo Leitner doesn't look happy to me he, he, his body language looks frustrated as it would be, as it would be, um, because he wants to be playing games, doesn't he? But you know, I wouldn't read too much into that. He clearly understands there's a bigger picture at play, and, and why wouldn't you? It's the same as when a player gets substituted and they're not happy. You, you kind of want that on one level. Mm, yeah. You don't want it to go to the Nelson Oliveira throwing shirts down and showing <laughs> no, disrespect. Yeah. But by the same token, you don't want them just to shrug their shoulders and say, "All right, you know, I'm not bothered." So I'd much rather have that end of the scale than. Disinterest. Okay, uh, Bev Black. Hi from Morrison's Car Park in Deerham. There Good you place. go. You know we sometimes get Australia, New York, but Morrison's in Deerham. Like it. Um, still thinking positive and wish I was going Sunday. The London Stadium I visited Wednesday. Oh yes, was great. Already picked my seats out for next season. Come on, you yellows. Yes, Bev, you commented the other day, didn't you, that you were going to the London Stadium. And, of course, that would be a great away day um, if Norwich can seal the deal. But uh, they 
need to get the win on Sunday to make sure we can start talking about all that. All of a sudden, those questions since Wednesday night, no one's, everyone's thought, right, let's leave those questions yeah, for now, yeah. shall we? Because <laughs> you just can't tempt fate. Let's not tempt fate in any way. Uh, the Premier League is firmly parked until they get at least one more win on the board. Um, Lawn NCSC Smyber, well, let's hope we get a referee that can make the right calls, not a pro leads one. A pro leads one. Okay, well, the one thing we can say with away games, Norwich have won five of their last six. So what? Millwall, Leeds, Rotherham, Borough, Bolton. So we can all travel in great heart. To we, know, we know they're good at home, but Norwich have cracked the away code, haven't they? Yeah, I, I, I don't know the breakdown of uh, home versus away, but I don't, Wigan have lost 20 league games this season, 20 league games. Norwich have got twice as many points. Only four at home, this. Yeah. Mm. For, for Wigan. Only four. They've only lost four at home. So they've lost 16 away. Right, well, <laughs> if, if you're arming me with that stat, then it's slightly more concerning, but it, it tells me that that is a team who are used to losing games. So that, you ally that with Norwich's prowess on the road it, it won't be any more difficult than Middlesbrough away surely in terms of the what they'll face that, that aggressive in your face pressing the physical element as well you know the long throws and so on and so forth and let's be honest Middlesbrough got better players than Wigan so if Norwich could resist and then find a winner and then hold on at Middlesbrough then I've got no fears whatsoever they can do the same at Wigan um, they, they know how it's going to be now you know Reading and QPR to a much lesser degree are not taking Norwich on at a game of football. They, they know they can't probably match them yeah. in terms of the style of play, so they're going to try and make life as uncomfortable as possible. And and in that respect, what Norwich faced against Reading, that's a pretty good, almost battle-hardening exercise going to Wigan, because I'd imagine it'll be more of the same on Sunday. They've only conceded 19 goals in those 20 league games. They've won nine of them, drawn seven. So they keep things tight. When you look at those results, they, they certainly keep things tight. But they've beaten Villa, West Brom and Bristol City on their own turf. So they're decent. But I think most of those were first half of the season. They, they've only won one in, of the last 11 in all competitions. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe it's a half-decent time to play. But um, Neil Luther says, Reading came with a plan and it nearly worked. Full compliments to NCFC in continuing to work and nearly get the rewards. And yeah, that, it is going to be quite a similar game, isn't it? Because Reading set up to frustrate Norwich. And to be fair, I, I know on the balance of play, Norwich did deserve the win in terms of possession and the amount of chances. But when you compare what Reading were like to QPR on Saturday, you have to say fair play to them because they showed a great deal of spirit, didn't they? They, they, they turned up and like Neil says, they had a plan and it worked. 100%, yeah. And um, I mean, we happen to know one of the guys, I think I might have said this, if not on the Facebook, I've said it somewhere in the last few days that... There is a real togetherness around what Gomez has got there at Reading now that those players have bought into to him and um, we had some anecdotal evidence from somebody who sort of is in and around that camp and uh, that was clearly the major difference between them. QPR just turned up, they've got a caretaker manager, all the players don't know whether they're coming or going and they were basically a rabble two down after 12 minutes. Um, whereas Reading clearly um, believe they've got the makings of a reasonable side and Daniel said it pre-match said it again post-match he thinks they are possession-wise as good as anything in the division and um, and you could see you drop an Oliveira who's motivated yeah. into that lineup. then for next season they've got something to build on because they do have decent players um, and they certainly have got a fighting spirit I mean that was the perfect template for them because they 
They were able to soak, 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 frustrate, frustrate, but they crucially had the pace on the counter with Barrow and uh, and Mate. And, and if you've got that, then unfortunately, as Norwich found out, then you've always got a threat, and and it might only be one or two forays, but. Let's not forget they had a great, as well as the first goal they scored, the second half, Mate could have scored again. And then the game would have been probably yeah, beyond Norwich. Probably should have. At 1 0. You know, so they had the ammunition to carry out that type of approach, whereas maybe QPR didn't quite and didn't believe in it either. Whereas, you know, from a distance, we can look like uh, Paul Cook's quite a charismatic type of manager, and he's the sort of manager I think players like to play for. Um, and they, they knew from the outset, as soon as they got promoted, that this season was about staying up. And, that will be the sum total of their ambition um, and as it stands they're outside the bottom three so you know they're on course to probably hit their target but um, I would I would be more inclined to think that this will be uh, this will be another Reading type affair certainly in the early stages what will change of course is if Norwich can get their noses in front and you'll say they don't give up many goals at home but one thing you know about this Norwich team they do even when they're not quite at it they will create chances so what I hope is Pookie's uh, back in the groove because um, midweek, you know, he could have had three or four, and and it, and it just for me confirms that he looks a little bit leggy, and maybe in mind as much as body that maybe the, the workload has taken its toll a little bit, and he's not quite at the levels he was before because the last month or so of football, if he'd have had those chances when he was at the peak of his powers, he'd probably be on thirty goals now. Too much sparkling water at the EFL Awards and Cucumber. Um, I like this one from Andy Robb. If Todd had scored, he would have been a hero. Give one of our own a break. And that's a good point. You mentioned already that volley which flew just over the bar. If that goes in, you know, that... Well, you could argue that would change the complexion of Todd's career given the the contract stuff in the background. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see um, if he does stick with him. You mentioned Paul Cook there. Um, Some quotes from him already at pinkham.com. He does remind me of Paul Warren to a certain extent. He's got that really likeable character, hasn't he? And his players are firmly behind him. They won the League One title last year, didn't they? So his, um, his quote along the lines of was, um, we're, in, we're in deeper waters now, and in deeper waters there's bigger fish, and those bigger fish can eat you. So uh, okay. I think they, it's difficult, isn't it, when you come up as a, as a promoted team and you're used to winning games... When you then start losing a lot, it's quite it's quite tough. But they have got uh, one of their players was in the team of the season. Rhys James, yeah. Rhys James on Chelsea, on loan from Chelsea. Really, really highly rated prospect. I think they've been pushing him into midfield. So um, it'll be interesting to to see how how they approach it really because what we've got. uh, I mean, we're going to travel tomorrow night, aren't we? We're we're staying over so that uh, not too far from Wigan, so that you know we can get to the ground. We normally need to be at the ground a couple of hours before, basically. Um, the team will train at Colney tomorrow, and they travel up in the afternoon to make sure they get a good night's sleep ahead of the match. But of course, we're going to have the two games during the day to keep an eye on, aren't we? Um, Sheffield United at home to Millwall, and then Leeds got a big game against Sheffield Wednesday at Ellen Road yeah. on the telly. So we're going to travel so that we can listen to that at the same time while we travel up there tomorrow evening. How do you see those two games? I mean, both both favourites going into them? Well, you know, I don't think, again, I'd have to go back and check, but it feels like there hasn't been a weekend in the last month or so where both of those have both won, uh, whether it be the same yeah. time Change. or the same day, or, or one played Saturday, one played Sunday, one played Friday, whatever. I don't think there's been a match weekend where it feels like both Sheffield and Leeds have done the business. So, for me, it's probably going to be more of the same. You have to fancy Sheffield United to get a better Millwall at Bramall Lane. They're very good there, as Norwich found out. But Leeds against Sheffield Wednesday, I, I, I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't rush to put too much money on a Leeds home win. I think Sheffield, albeit they had a bit of a setback there last weekend when it looked like they were just coming with a late run for the playoffs. You know, Villa won at Hillsborough. But again, we're talking about building for next season with Reading. I think Steve Bruce is, will, will be looking at these remaining games as maybe confirmation about some players or what he needs to add. So, you know, setting aside, as I've seen on the Sheffield Star website, you know, like Blades fans in an impossible position this weekend because they basically want Sheffield Wednesday to do them a favour. <laughs> yeah. But um, setting aside that, I think for Steve Bruce and the, and the Sheffield Wednesday players, they will just would love nothing better than to go to Leeds and put a spoke in their wheel because, you know, it is a Yorkshire derby, let's, let's not forget. So, yeah, I think that's a tough one for Leeds. I, I did watch a lot of the Preston game midweek and prior to the sending off there was nothing in that game Preston had a man sent off and then obviously Bamford got a couple of goals but they looked like a very nervy team to me and as Norwich proved at Ellen Road if you go there and and you can impose yourselves on them yeah. that home crowd can get very fractious Sheffield United did it as well so I think they're probably a better team away from Ellen Road at the minute so for me yeah I think Sheffield United will do the business but maybe a draw maybe a draw at Ellen Road which would kind of then leave the door again open for Norwich to lay down another marker and just pull even further clear on Sunday. Millwall have certainly picked up recently as well. They're, I mean, they're two points off. Uh, they're one of those teams who are two points above the relegation zone, so clearly they need to get something at Bramall Lane if possible. I mean, an interesting aspect is called Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, so let's talk, worst case scenario, Sheffield United win, Leeds win. So it's three and four. So it'd be three and four points. Yeah, at kick-off. And to further the worst case scenario, Norwich lose at Wigan. Then, of course, that whole automatic this is promotion getting a bit race. depressing, this Well, day. just, just to, to uh, play devil's advocate almost. Um, equally... So going into Easter, there'd be three points clear. Uh, yes. And four of Sheffield. And if Leeds beat Sheffield Wednesday, their playoff hopes are basically over then, aren't they? They, they have got to beat Leeds to have any chance of getting top six. So, you know, that would make the Sheffield Wednesday game look... Uh, my point is, it's, it is the business end of the season, isn't it? And yeah. I did ask Daniel about whether the players are, whether he allows the players to watch these games. The Leeds game is going to be on telly. They'll presumably be in their hotel by that point. And he said, you know, it's up to them. Uh, he trusts them. He he trusts that they've got the mental strength to to know that the only thing they can do is focus on winning their game and beating Wigan. So I thought that was an interesting little insight. Do you think? Do you think you'd watch Leeds if you were an Norwich player? Yeah, I think I probably would have yeah. it on. Yeah, just more out of curiosity than anything else but I mean you would say Norwich have been very very good at putting the blinkers on and, and not worrying too much about because of the nature mainly driven by the TV schedules is it's kind of a every weekend fields there's no unanimity it's not all three of them are kicking off at three o'clock on a yeah. Saturday the two games either side of this last international break Norwich kicked off after both those teams did the business last weekend they got their blow in first they won at lunchtime against QPR um, so it, it feels like that's not materially impacting on Norwich in any sense and, and whether that's watching the games or not watching the games as Daniel said I think it was when Leeds played Sheffield and Norwich were at Rotherham that day and he was asked on the Friday what's the most important result this weekend he said Norwich winning at Rotherham yeah, and, and so why would that be any different this weekend you know if Norwich the reality is now as, it, as we see here today it's 6 and 7 so if Norwich continue to pick up points ideally wins doesn't matter what the other two do, does yeah, it? Three, no, that's three the mindset. They're promoted, aren't they? Absolutely, that's got to be the mindset. So, yeah, got to travel confidently. Uh, Lorne Smyper says, you see loads of pundits all in favour of Leeds for champions and only the few 
On our side, that includes the referees we have had. Um, and Lincoln has an interesting theory from the Reading game. There was a serious lack of ball boys slash girls on Wednesday, and Reading took advantage of that. That is, that is a very interesting take. I can't say I noticed that one, to be honest. Um, I mean, there was a... Why would there be any less than any other game? There was an instant where uh, one of the... Uh, Norwich fans in the south stand took a while to get the ball back into play, didn't he? And, and everyone sort of shouted at whoever that was. I don't, I mean, couldn't see from our side of the pitch whether they just couldn't physically get the ball out of their seat or whatever in time, or whether they were just hanging on to it. But okay. I can't say I noticed um, ball boys especially. Um, and same from Lawn as well. I'm setting off from Middlesbrough and picking my son up in Darlington at eight a.m. Lovely. And the, the five a.m. No, the coaches. Well, the, yeah, the, he's in Middlesbrough. So, um, but the coach is 5 a.m. Yeah. That's um, fair play. 5,300 Norwich fans. I can't wait to see that. Um, I hadn't uh, recalled that so many had made the journey to Wigan on the opening day of the Premier League season back in 2011. Yeah, that was full, yeah. That was 4,000, just sort of 4,500. So, we know that they don't fill their stadium. They're probably going to, I think Leeds took like 7,000, but it's going to be a 7, side. 000. Yeah, yeah, because Wigan basically need to sell the tickets, don't they? <laughs> you know, rugby league town. Um, I can't wait to see what that yellow wall looks like. Um, James Balls, not watching from somewhere as exotic as Morrison's, but high from Durham. Um, Andy Robb, flying in from Dubai tomorrow. That's more like it. We're, we're getting more and more exotic. exotic Ends with D. Yeah. Ends with D. Durham, Durham, Dubai. Um, of course, we'd all rather be in Durham. The centre of Norfolk, as Mr. Ian Clark would, I'm sure, tell us. Uh, yeah, Andy says. I think, actually, no, I don't want to go off on a tangent. I had some friends around for dinner last week, and I'm pretty sure they said that Deerham Tesco is yeah. geographically it is. the centre of Norfolk. I think, I don't know Deerham that well. We need to check with this with Mr. Clark, because he's Mr. Deerham. But I think there's actually a plaque, isn't there, in the car park? Oh, is there? And oh, says okay. this Fair is enough. the centre point of Norfolk. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was certainly the centre point during the World Cup with that rowdy pub where Michael uh, was trying to avoid getting covered in beer during our Facebook lives. Um, so Andy's flying in from Dubai for the weekend game. The game will be an epic day for City. Fingers crossed. Um, David Brett, when his suspension is over, do you think Brandy will be straight back in the side? Definitely. Short of Todd Cantwell or Mario Vrancic scoring goals and dramatically influencing the games. I would be shocked. Somebody is yeah. going to lose their place. He is essentially Norris City's best player at the moment, isn't he? He certainly is. And, certainly and is. worth a lot of money. He makes things happen. And those players you know, are worth their weight, aren't they? Particularly at this stage of the season when it's very tight and tense. Um, just go back to the Swansea game, which I see that goal he scored is nominated for player the goal of the month, isn't it, now, for March? Which one? That's the one he spanked in against Yeah, left, right foot control, left foot smack, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it. in terms not just the majestic nature of that goal, but in a game that was seesawing and for long spells, Norwich were all, this is looking a bit behind the sofa type of a watch. Just a moment of magic, three points, happy days, and that's what he brings. And, as I say, there's not too many of those in this squad. There is going to be some competition for goal of the season with Norwich this year. I mean, Godfrey, the other night, the speed that hit well, the net. Well, if it's yeah, I mean, you almost might need to do an individual category of goal, and <laughs> yeah. then the team because I mean that first goal against Sheffield yeah. United at Car Road, that was a thing of beauty. Best goal and most spectacular goal. Perhaps. Why not? Why yeah, not? it's going to be a cracking competition because um, I mean Emmy's got quite a few. I, mean, I can't even remember them all off the top of my head because there are, there have been you know it's double figures certainly that would be in contention for goal of the season, whereas. Last year, Josh Murphy's one against Villa was pretty clearly the winner, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. House in the season before that for that 
yeah. volley against that Forest. Spectacular. I'm looking forward to putting that poll together when it happens. I'm sure it will uh, not be too far away. Uh, Craig Brooks, hi fellas. Should Farker make changes for Sunday? What's going on with Tessie and any uh, news of us seeing Heiser? Um, as far as we know, Tessie's fit and, and Heiser we were never expected to see much of, were we? Well, no, I mean, it, that was a deal that should have happened this summer. Um, circumstances allowed them to do it a bit earlier, but I think the way it's playing out now, it's very much, instead of coming in in the summer and acclimatising, let's have this as your acclimatisation period, get to know your new surroundings, your new teammates, the football club in general, and then hopefully it's when they're in the Premier League, but when he comes back for pre-season, he needs to crack on straight away. Okay. Uh, Rita Wise says, we have the best supporters ever. Come on, you yellows. And Steve Chick, Norwich need to start at a faster pace than they did against Reading. The pace was pedestrian for the first 30 minutes. Um, I mean, he's probably got a point there, isn't he? Um, pedestrian's a bit hard. Yeah, but... to a degree. Yeah, I mean, I thought they were, they were reasonably bright for the sort of first five or ten minutes. And then, then because they didn't get that breakthrough, Reading sort of began to believe in what they were trying to do and, and then started to fill holes a bit more effectively. And then it did... It did go into a prolonged lull, didn't it? Really, and you know, apart from I think there was prior to their goal, obviously there was the Camel chance. I think there was one or two pooky chances, but yeah. But I mean, I was to be fair, that is a fair point in the sense of I think half time I was tweeting they didn't need to move the ball quicker. The tempo had to be better because once you get an entrenched defensive line, it's very hard to move them around if your lateral passing is not quick enough. Yeah. And there's a few more comments which flow onto that nicely, actually. Um, hi, guys. We, uh, sorry, Wendy Little says, Hi, guys. We really missed Emmy on Wednesday. Do you think Lightner will start or maybe Mario at Wigan? And I'm in yucky Ipswich uh, with uh, a yellow and green uh, heart. Patrick Bailey. Uh, we had a lot of possession against Reading, but seemed short on creativity. Do we really miss Wendy that much? And Simon Palmer. If players like Lightner and Todd had been given 15 to 20 minutes at the end of previous games... They would be sharper to start in games like Reading, earlier subs, dot, dot, dot. Um, again, that's a fair point, isn't it? Um, point, yeah. But equally, they were very, very close to winning a ninth game on the spin. They were, they were. So, you know, I don't think Daniel Farquhar really comes in for much criticism, does he? <laughs> no, there's been a, yeah, but on the substitutions, that is a fair point because by no stretch would you say, OK, QPR aside, no stretch would you say these last stretch of games have been comfortable watches where the game was done dusted long before the end and and in those contexts he obviously felt no I'll keep it as it is and got the results those way though that way but there is I think certainly an argument for Liner and Vrancic to have seen a bit more action yeah. and particularly in games that were very tight and tense and you could argue maybe physically some of the players who were out on the pitch who've had a lot of football because he's kept the side effectively the same maybe they're looking a little bit weary as I said right at the start I think Pookie is looking a little bit weary but I'm not advocating taking him off yeah. anytime soon but uh, you know I think some of the midfielders definitely you could have rotated a little bit more than he has done yeah and Pookie did score two on, on Saturday didn't he one of them was a gimme but um, the second was a was a cracking finish wasn't it so um Interesting question from Stuart Cousins. Have Norwich ever been promoted and Ipswich been relegated from the same league in the same season? Um, I don't think so. Um, clearly, Norwich have been relegated from top flight um, campaigns when Ipswich have been doing well, you know, in the 70s and things like that. I remember being at Cardiff in 2002 for the playoff final when Ewan had put Norwich ahead in it. Injury time, uh, extra time, sorry. 
I remember the Norwich fans singing, are you watching Ipswich Town? Because they'd been relegated that weekend from, from the Premiership. Um, but no, because I mean, Ipswich haven't been down to the third tier for, for a long, long time, have they? So it would seem unlikely, but you never know. The stars might align and, and um, it both are sealed on the same day. I, I, think, I think Ipswich could get relegated this weekend, Absolutely, but it, yeah. it would need all the results to go, wouldn't yeah. it? So maybe... Maybe unlikely this weekend. I think probably Easter again is yeah. looking like the potential sort of swing swing weekend. Yeah, uh, Neil Luther. The nice thing for me is Leeds and Sheffield United are having to battle each other for second, so the focus is off Norwich. We just need to do what we've been doing all season. I'm um, just we, we haven't actually said, but um, Daniel did say no fresh injury worries. Marcus Steepman a bit of a knock, but should be fine for Sunday. Just a few bumps and bruises in terms of um, two games in or three games in eight days really so that no, nothing to to be concerned with just um, it's just Wendy's suspension isn't it um, Jamie Brett as brilliant as we are and when in capital letters we get promoted we need to play for two halves and not just one the game will be dead and buried in the Premier League if we turn up just in the second half well let's hope we can have those conversations <laughs> um, Gabelli Shrebeni to score the goal to get us promotion that's a big call he was on, on the bench the other night wasn't he he was um, whether he will stay there I don't know I mean uh, he, he's not played much football for a while I, I am surprised he hasn't played more under tw- the under 23's player yeah. Cairo tonight against Borough I'm surprised he's not played some in that that does yeah that does strike you Particularly the home 23s games when there's no real travel involved. I mean, as you say, they're today nominally off and then back in tomorrow. Why couldn't they have 45 minutes tonight? Light a session tomorrow because with the greatest will in the world, unless something happens to Pookie and Rhodes between now and Sunday lunchtime, he's not getting a game, is he? So, yeah, yeah that does strike me as, again, something that probably could have been locked up in terms of, but they, you know, they would feel that he's getting enough miles in his legs on the training pitch. And you can't really argue because, as I say, you touched on it there. At this stage of the season, senior players, clean bill of health, phenomenal job by the city's physios and sports science people. Absolutely. Um, I've just checked. It's which can get renegade tomorrow. Um, the comment was from... I've lost it because Facebook's moved. There it is. Mark Mitchell, we're all supporting Birmingham tomorrow, aren't we? And indeed, if Ipswich lose at home to Birmingham, they will only have 12 points to play for and they will be at least 14 adrift. So we will be saying goodbye to Ipswich and Ball Lambert very shortly, which I'm sure plenty of Norwich fans will enjoy. Uh, just last few comments, and then we'd better crack on. Uh, George George needs a shout-out. Where George is watching from? Hello from New Zealand, 12.40am, 13th of April. Fair play. He's already in tomorrow, George Woods. Thanks for joining us, George. Um, yeah, uh, we've... Got a twelve-page pinkin um, tomorrow in in print. If you if you still like to go old school and buy your papers, like many people still do, um, so if you're on if you're going to be one of those uh, many thousands on the coach, perhaps get your copy and make sure you have a have a good read on the way up to the game on Sunday. Uh, Charlotte Dawes says so relieved for a point. I think it was a huge space for Campwell to fill. I think we needed the creativity from Branchich in the second half. Um, he did sort of uh, play a role in Godfrey's, didn't he? Not particularly spectacular but he set Godfrey going forward didn't he that was um, that was some goal uh, Matthew Rushbrook you both seem confident brackets rightly that promotion should be a formality but which game does your gut instinct think promotion will be sealed do you think Blackburn don't you mate I think I'm thinking Blackburn the home game Saturday which has been moved to half seven hasn't it 
Um, I'm going to go optimistically and say a win at Stoke. I, I mean, I hope so. The sooner the better, <laughs> of course, um, from our point of view, as well as everyone else, as well as, of course, Norwich's. But it would be nice for promotion to come at Carrow Road. Um, yeah. I kind of, it's going to be difficult to stop fans being nervy if there's that possibility. Um, so it would come down to the players and just to hopefully there's as much noise as, as, as possible. But how special would it be to get promoted to Carrot Road? Yeah, it was somebody was telling me, have they actually ever won promotion at Carrot Road? I think you're going back many. To the top flight, I no, don't think. Many, many a year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that would be an historic occasion and you would do well to get a ticket for that game. Mm, absolutely. Oh. And the photos are oh, just. Can't wait. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> um, no football to be played yet, mate. Exactly, yeah. Um, Sunday. Just got to win Sunday. Um, Andy Robb, looks like all the hotels in Wigan will be full of yellow and green Saturday night. I'm staying in the Holiday Inn near the ground. What's the rest of the front guard? Where's the rest of the front guard staying? We're not actually staying in Wigan, are we? We're staying near Stoke. And we're just going to do the majority of the journey rather than the whole thing on Saturday. Um, and then, you know, it only leaves us about an hour to, uh, to get there. Uh, on Sunday um, do, 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 just a couple of last ones then uh, oh no these are people tagging other people into the conversation which is great yeah. <laughs> um, yeah Mark Mitchell says if it's which fails to win tomorrow they are down he is very correct and then I think this is the last one Lawn Smythe but it's my birthday on the 13th of April let's hope for a win for us if anyone sees me give me a pat on the back Happy birthday for tomorrow, Lawn, and uh, fingers crossed, Norwich will give you the present that you're looking for. Um, I, I still feel confident, you know, that Wigan may have, Wigan may be good at home, and I'm not, and it will be difficult, it will be like Saturday night, but I, I feel like, uh, sorry, Wednesday night, I feel like that disappointment from Wednesday is going to fuel them yeah. further, and I, I think the players will be absolutely gagging to get back out on that pitch. I, I think... If you spoke to them now, they, they're on an honest enough group. They know they didn't quite hit this stride. As good as Reading were at sort of nullifying what they were trying to do, I think there would be frustration there that they didn't really grasp it in the manner they did yeah. with QPR because that was just a dismissive swatting, get out of the way, we're coming through. So, yeah, for those reasons, for the way it ended, subject to what happens tomorrow with Leeds and Sheffield, I'd, and, and as I say, to bring it full circle, to appear at... 5 to 12, 10 to 12, Sunday morning, look over to the left-hand side as you do when you come out of the tunnel and see that bank of Norwich support. If you're one of them players, you'll want to literally run through a wall. Absolutely. So, but yeah, they won't lack for motivation on every level. Roll on Sunday. <laughs> Wendy Little says, safe journey, guys, and safe journey to all of you guys uh, making the journey to Greater Manchester as we are. Um, keep it locked to pinkin.com. Ahead of kickoff, um, all the preview analysis columns that will follow uh, as usual on a Saturday. And as I said, 12 page pink in, in the EDP or Evening News, um, which um, is probably ideal if you're travelling up on the coach for, um, uh, for getting yourself filled in on the game. And uh, the Pinkin app, of course, we'll, uh, we'll keep that updated throughout um, Sunday. Um, and we'll just uh, keep the fingers crossed that we're repeat, uh, reporting on the Norwich win. We'll see you then.